Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast by the American Journal of Managed Care. My name is Pearl Steinzer, Assistant Editor at the American Journal of Managed Care. On this episode of Managed Carecast, we had the opportunity to speak with an author from a study published in the July 2023 issue. The article, Social Determinants of Health and High-Cost Utilization, among commercially insured population, aim to assess the impact of adding neighborhood social determinants of health data to demographic and clinical characteristics for predicting high-cost utilizers, as well as examine variations across age groups. With us is Dr. Elena Andreeva, an assistant professor in the Department of Health Policy and Management at Texas A&M School of Public Health. So first and foremost, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Could you please start by introducing yourself and telling us a little more about the work that you do? Of course. Uh, I'm Elena Andreva. I am an assistant professor at the Department of Health Policy and Management uh, in Texas A&M University. I'm a health economist by training. So most of my work is in health economics and health services research. And broadly speaking, I do work in three different fields, subfields of health economics, including uh, the effects of mergers, acquisitions, and other changes um, in providers' operational status on their performance and the quality of the care they provide for the patients. Then I do research on the effects of various public policies on healthcare outcomes of individuals. And finally, I do research on social determinants of health and how they are connected with healthcare outcomes. And the study that we will be discussing today is part of this third um, subfield of research that I do. And can you tell us about the objective of the study and why you decided to investigate it? Sure. So the objective of the study is to see whether adding social determinants of health information and social determinants of health, of course, being the uh, type of areas individuals resided, resided, including whether the zip code or a county they reside in has higher unemployment rate, lower income levels, whether they live in a single family house or they live in an apartment complex, whether they um, speak English at home or they speak another language at home, whether their area they reside in um, has a higher crime level versus lower crime level. So all of these socioeconomic things that we think of being outside of healthcare. So the objective of this paper is to investigate whether all of them actually do affect how much healthcare they use, the individuals may use, and whether this makes the individual social determinants of health can affect whether individuals utilize more or less healthcare, thus becoming higher or lower utilizers of care. Mm-hmm. What were your main findings and did anything surprise you? The main findings of the paper are that social determinants of health, health do not Uh, predict the probability of individual becoming a high-cost utilizer, meaning that they are 
in the top 10% of healthcare utilizers by cost. So not by the amount of services they use, but by the amount of medical spending they acquire during the year within their state. So the idea was to see whether adding social terms of health information to claims will help us predict who might become a high cost utilizer. And we were not able to do it. So it doesn't appear that by themselves, social determinants of health, health really um, allow us to better predict who will become a high cost utilizer and who will not. However, what we found is that residing in areas with worse social determinants of health or worse socioeconomic status actually is associated with probability that the individual will become a high-cost utilizer. So, for example, uh, an interesting thing was that that association varies by age. So if you are an older individual residing in an area with a lower socioeconomic status, specifically if you are in a bottom quartile of all the counties in the U.S. with respect to the socioeconomic status, you have a higher probability of becoming a high-cost utilizer. That didn't really surprise us because residents in a worse socioeconomic area is correlated with individuals' health. We know that lower-income individuals are more likely to have uh, multiple chronic conditions, including diabetes and hypertension, they have much uh, more restricted access to healthcare services, which means that they might not able to get routine care that would allow them to maintain their condition in hand. And finally, they might not just have enough financial resources to be able to afford continuous care for their conditions. So in that respect, Older individuals residing in, socio in lower socioeconomic areas are more likely to become higher cost utilizers. However, a surprising thing to us was that uh, children who reside in lower socioeconomic areas are actually at a lower probability of becoming high cost utilizers. Meaning that if you are a child under 18 and you reside in a more prosperous area, you're actually more likely to potentially use healthcare services, which might potentially lead you to become a high cost utilizer. Uh, we were kind of puzzled by that finding. The one explanation we came up with, as we mentioned in the paper, is that uh, children who reside in higher socioeconomic status areas may have better access to healthcare, meaning that they have an opportunity to use healthcare services which, of course, mechanically will make them more likely to spend more on healthcare and become higher cost utilizers. Meaning that if a child lives in a lower socioeconomic area, a poorer area, lower income area, they might have significantly worse access to healthcare services, meaning that even if they could become high cost utilizers because of their healthcare conditions, they might just be unable to access care and have 
enough services done on them in order to become high-cost utilizers. Mm, got it. Um, and you kind of went into this already, but do you mm-hmm. have a hypothesis as to why the addition of neighborhood social determinants of health data did not improve the predictive power of the models in identifying high-cost utilizers among the commercially insured population? Yeah, so I think it definitely did not. And I think that is because we were looking at the commercial insured population. So commercial insured individuals, while they do represent a very significant proportion of population of the United States, a lot of people in the United States have commercial insurance, either through the employer or through the ACA coverage. Um, Still, commercially insured individuals is a specific sample of individuals. They are more likely to be higher income. As is evident in our paper, we show that fewer, if you look at the entire population of the United States, a larger proportion of the entire population of the United States will reside in a lower socioeconomic status areas than in our sample. That shows you that in uh, our sample is uh, essentially higher income and they tend to reside in better neighborhoods than United States as an average. Of course, that makes sense because individuals, commercial insurance is not easy to get in the United States. You either have to have a job that actually offers insurance and you have to be able to afford paying the insurance. If you are lower income, you are either on Medicaid if you are a younger adult or a child, or you are on Medicare if you are um, traditional Medicare specifically, if you are an older adult. So I think the reason social determinants of health did not significantly increase, or at all really, increase the predictive power of, of our models is that we are looking at the very specific population of commercial insured individuals and it is possible that were we to combine our data with Medicaid for lower income children and adult and traditional Medicare, we would see different results. In light of the lower risk of becoming high cost utilizers for children and younger adults in disadvantaged neighborhoods, what factors do you think might contribute to this relationship? So I think uh, two factors might contribute. One is Typically, a higher cost utilizer, if you are a higher cost utilizer, that means that you are likely to have an underlying health condition. As a matter of fact, that is why we have excluded in our sample individuals with cancer diagnosis, mostly because if we were to include them, they would be overrepresented in our top 10% of um, high-cost utilizers in the United States. So typically, if you are a high-cost utilizer, that means that you have an underlying medical condition. So what is possibly have happened is that if a child has an underlying health condition, they might be more likely to be on Medicaid and children residing in lower or rather more disadvantaged Uh, communities are already more likely to be on Medicaid than children residing in less disadvantaged communities. So we think that residents in lower disadvantaged communities 
since it's so positively correlated with having Medicaid, we are just not capturing enough children who might be frequent healthcare utilizers, which is why they don't seem to be that high cost utilizers, mostly because they are either not sick enough to become high cost utilizers or they're just in Medicaid, meaning that we don't observe them. And how should policymakers and other stakeholders address the mechanisms behind the relationship between neighborhood social conditions and health outcomes, considering the variations across different age groups? It's a very important question, and I think it is very timely to what we see happening in Medicare. So uh, Medicare Advantage, specifically, has become a lot more popular in this country. I think back when we were starting to write this paper, which was 2018, 2019, uh, about almost 40% of all Medicare beneficiaries opted uh, to go into Medicare Advantage. And now, if you look at the data, it's half. So now half and half, half of the Medicare beneficiaries choose Medicare Advantage and half of them choose to remain with traditional Medicare. So why a lot of individuals decide to join Medicare Advantage? Because Medicare Advantage plans are typically more inclusive and they think not just what insurance companies are trying to do with their Medicare Advantage plans is they're trying not just to think all of providing healthcare services like primary care visits, specialist visits, hospital stays, but they're trying to think of individual individuals' well-being more holistically, meaning that it is great if I have insurance that allows me to see all the doctors with very maybe not very, but lower copays. This is all great. But if I'm unable to get to my doctor, to my to make my doctor's visit because I'm older and I have mobility issues, then it's no good to me. So a lot of what insurance companies starting starting to do now with their Medicare Advantage plans, they potentially include transportation to doctors or they include... Um, Grocery services, like somebody would buy groceries to make sure that the older adults in Medicare Advantage plans have access to nutritious foods, or they expand um, services that Medicare Advantage beneficiaries can access, meaning that it's not just traditional doctors and hospitals, but these individuals might also be able to access physical therapy and occupational therapy. Because if I'm a Medicare Advantage beneficiary and I have had my hip replaced, um, it's all great, but without physical therapy, a surgery by itself will not improve my quality of life. So I think what policymakers should keep in mind when they read this paper is that Having insurance by itself, and in our paper, the older individuals are mostly in Medicare Advantage, having insurance by itself does not guarantee that your health status will be well. You Just because you have health insurance doesn't mean that you are able to meet all of your healthcare needs and remain healthy. You also have to have, especially if you reside in a more disadvantaged communities, 
you have to be able to access nutritious food. You have to be able to access transportation so you can make your doctor's appointments. And you have to be able to have outpatient follow-up care if you had a major inpatient stay. So policymakers should keep in mind that just having insurance does not make individuals, especially older individuals, healthy. And that just like a lot of Medicare Advantage plans do, they should take a more holistic approach when they try to uh, ensure the well-being of older individuals in the United States. Were there any limitations of the study that could have impacted the interpretation of the results? Uh, yes. So one I alluded to, uh, we do we are looking only at the commercial population. Uh, we do have Medicare Advantage beneficiaries in there, but again, the insurance company we whose claims we've been working with is not the top provider of Medicare Advantage in the country. So it is possible that we have a more selective sample of Medicare Advantage beneficiaries. And for adults and children, Again, we have to remember that this is commercial population, it, which means that we exclude a lot of children who are on Medicaid, which means that we are not able to paint complete picture of how um, residents in more, more disadvantaged communities might affect younger adults and children because mostly of them, most of them, especially those residing in um, more disadvantaged communities will be on Medicaid. Got it. And what are the potential implications of your study's findings for healthcare delivery and resource allocation, particularly in addressing high-cost utilization among different age groups and disadvantaged neighborhoods? Some of the applications um, are that if you think about Medicare Advantage plans, especially ad Medicare Advantage plans that are geared towards um, lower income Medicare beneficiaries and Medicare beneficiaries with more chronic conditions, those plans are known as special needs plans. And if you look specifically at lower income Medicare beneficiaries, they, it could be what are known as dual eligible special need plans, meaning that it's a plan that has both a Medicare and Medicaid portion in it because an individual is eligible both for Medicare due to their age and Medicaid due to their low income status. When you look at those plans, there is a lot of them right now and a well-designed uh, Medicare Advantage plan could significantly improve uh, health of uh, older adults if that plan incorporates not just your basic healthcare services, but also some of the social services that Medicare Advantage beneficiaries residing in lower income areas might be missing just because those services might not be as easily ac accessible in their areas. So keeping in mind that this Medicare, the, the design of Medicare Advantage plans to make sure we are looking at person not just as a patient, 
but also on their overall well-being is important. And it is important because, again, if you are able to, for example, ensure that uh, Medicare Advantage beneficiaries are able, or older adults in general, are able to make their doctor's appointments to manage their chronic conditions, we might be able, by giving them an opportunity to manage their chronic conditions now, uh, we might be able to prevent them from actually deteriorating so much with respect to their health conditions that they require hospitalization, which of course will be much more expensive than routine care. Got it. Great. And just to wrap up, is there anything else about this study or any future work that you'd like to share? So older individuals residing in um, more disadvantaged communities, since it based on our study, it appears that they are more likely to become um, high cost utilizers. At least the associational evidence is there. Uh, so the idea now to see if if we break down these older individuals, Medicare beneficiaries, for example, if we look at specific conditions such as cancer or diabetes or uh, congestive heart, heart failure or some of the other chronic conditions that become much more prevalent now, among older adults, if we look specifically at these subgroups of individuals and break our population of older adults down by the type of chronic condition they might have, uh, to see whether the association between residents in the more disadvantaged community and the probability of becoming a high-cost utilizer changes for them. Meaning, is it all older adults in general that we should be concerned about or giving that, of course, healthcare as any other industry has limited resources, is it important to first concentrate on individuals with a particular chronic condition, be it diabetes or CHF or cancer? So this is one uh, next step in our research that we are planning to take. To learn more about healthcare utilization, visit AJMC.com or see the show notes. To get in touch with us, you can email info at AJMC.com or follow us on Twitter at AJMC underscore journal. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate us.